to So What's the Problem podcast in which we rewatch movies from our youth to determine if they're problematic by today's standards. I'm Jimmy. And I'm Jen. Today we'll be discussing Lethal Weapon, which was released in the US on March 6th, 1987, and in the UK and Ireland on August 28th, 1987. It was written by Shane Black and directed by Richard Donner. It stars Mel Gibson, Danny Glover, Darlene Love, Gary Busey, Tracy Wolfe, Mitchell Ryan, and Tom Atkins. Yeah, what's going to happen is this, Jen and I have thought of three problems. This movie has three each, and then uh, positive, and we're just going to have a little discussion about it. So, Merry Christmas! Um, but this movie was released in March, so that's why we're doing this. Uh, it's not even really a Christmas movie. Anyway, <laughs> it could be. So, yeah, it's. it's see, people as, say that. Sorry. Oh, it's not as much of a Christmas movie as Die Hard, but. Yeah, exactly. People, people argue that. See, I would, I would argue that this isn't a Christmas movie, but I'd argue that Die Hard is, because there's more Christmas in Die Hard than there is in this. Um, this is just, it's, it's a part. It's just set at Christmas, and you know. There's the odd tree kicking about, the odd decoration, and a Christmas song at the start. That's about it, really. Well, if I think that if it makes somebody think about Christmas, it counts as a Christmas movie. Because there are things like Sleepless in Seattle isn't a Christmas movie, but a good chunk at the beginning takes place there, so I kind of think about Christmas. Right? Like, right. Like, Sleeping isn't a Christmas movie, but it takes place at Christmas. So I think of it as a Christmas movie. Right, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I, I just, I just think that it has to have more sort of Christmas to it than just being set at Christmas for it to qualify. Um, and a lot of people would say that Die Hard doesn't, but I would say Die Hard does. <laughs> Die Hard's got a lot to do with Christmas. Um, can, uh, can I can I tell you something about my office door? Um, it's easy for cats to get in and rub their tails in your face. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> The space under the door, between the door and the floor, is huge. And this cat used to be really fat. And recently, we don't know what happened, but she's lost weight. And she just came yeah. in to interrupt the recording. <laughs> My God, this I'm supposed to have privacy in here. Oh, she's the door's actually the door's actually open. Hold on. All right. <laughs> She did crawl under one day, so I thought she did it again, but I guess she right. just opened the door. Um, well, it, she's a cat, so you should be grateful that she's actually shown you affection. <laughs> yeah. And not meow, not you to feed me human. Um, so, what is your history with this movie? I saw it once a few years ago. Right, thank you. <laughs> Well, it's one I used to watch a lot as a kid. Watched it on VHS. Uh, I'm assuming it would have been, I don't know, 1988 or something on VHS. I don't know. That that and Lethal Weapon 2 I would watch constantly when that was released as well. And Die Hard. Uh, but then again, I would watch shit like Tango and Cash on a regular basis. I would just go through like sort of phases and just watch um, action movies. Basically, for like, I would sit and watch maybe uh, Lethal Weapon and then maybe put on, uh, say, Tango and Cash and then maybe Lethal Weapon 2 and I'd go and have some dinner, watch some television and then maybe watch another movie and then go to my bed. That would, that would be my ideal day <laughs> growing up. 
um, during the summer for him. Um, and then I saw Lethal Weapon 3 and Lethal Weapon 4 in the cinema because I was old enough to go and see them in the cinema. What did, so what do you think of this movie then? Since you've only seen it twice now. It's okay. Yeah? Yeah, it's okay. I, I'll, I like the second one. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the second. I've never seen fan. any others. The, the, the last two can go and fuck off. But uh, I hate the third movie. I, I don't know what it is with me in third movies. Um, because I hate Scream 3 as well. But I hate Leaf of Wet 3. Um, but Leaf of Wet 4 is not too bad. But that's only because Jet Li's in it. And Jet Li is the man. Anyway. Let us start the problems. And my first problem is... The, the psychiatrist lady is correct. And the, the captain is wrong. That's my first problem. Alright. Um, because he says Riggs is uh, just faking it to get early retirement, which is absolute bollocks. Um, and then later on, she's treated like the butt of the joke in the other movies. Like three, two, three, and four. It's just like a running gag with her just saying, Riggs is dangerous and everyone going, oh, don't be silly woman. And when I was younger, I was like, yeah, fuck you, lady. Riggs is cool. And But now I'm like, hey, fuck you, Captain. Listen to the lady. You know? She knows what she's talking about. Exactly. She is 100% correct. He is, for majority of the movie, he is fucked in the head. And he is very, very dangerous. Mm-hmm. The movie is named after him. He's a lethal weapon. Um, so what is your first problem? Okay, and just a warning, my problems are all from early in the movie. Um. Okay. My first problem is, do we really have to see her boobs, the chick who kills herself? Like, come on. Does she really have to be naked? Well, open top, but yeah, I get your point. <laughs> it just, it just it's seems not gratuitous. It's, and, and, and in all fairness, yeah, we were gratuitously see Mel Gibson's ass but like yeah do we really need to like it's I guess that I think that they put boobs there because it's supposed to be like sexy or whatever yeah it's really sexy watching this woman kill herself yeah I don't know if it's supposed to be I don't know if it's supposed to be sexy because she is dying um I think I mean even before she jumps she's dying so I think that it's it's movie producers being like, you know, it'd be hot as if she didn't have anything on. Yeah. And then later on, you see, like, a video of her and mm. other women in the shower. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. They do show Mel Gibson's ass. Yeah. And Still, I think it's gratuitous. It is. I mean, even the shot of Mel Gibson's ass. Yeah. Is gratuitous because it is a long lingering shot of him walking away from the camera. Mm. So you know it's, uh, but yeah, I yeah she doesn't need to be she doesn't her top doesn't have to be open like, you know, um. But that that scene, despite the fact that it's strange and she's sort of naked, um, I really do like the fact that. See, when she jumps, it's actually the actress that does the jump, right? She was trained to do that jump by uh, Dar Robinson. Dar Robinson was like a, a huge stuntman. Um, he died doing another movie um, at the same time he was making this, so this movie is dedicated to him. But he um, he was like the master of the high fall. 
there's a movie from early 80s, a, a Burt Reynolds movie called Sharky's Machine, where, spoilers, the bad guy at the end um, gets punted off a top of a building and he falls, and it is like the highest fall a human being's ever done in a movie ever, and he still holds that record. No one has ever beaten it. Wow. Um, so he trained, Dara Robinson trained the actress, I wrote her name down and I can't find it, but he, Jackie Swanson, he, he taught her how to do that fall. And then when you see her falling towards the car, and I love this bit of trivia, when you see her falling towards the car, she has actually fallen, she's fallen towards that car, but the car is actually painted onto the, um, the mat that she's going to fall into. Mm-hmm. And... I think that's amazing because they painted the cars and the sidewalk onto this big giant airbag that this woman's fallen onto. That's crazy. Yes, yeah, amazing. You can't really notice it. My second problem is uh, homophobia. Let's just go back to homophobia and the use of the F word uh, and not fuck. They're almost blown up mm-hmm. and um, Murtaugh is helping Riggs up and he's fanning out flames on his back and uh, Riggs asks him if he's a fag. But there's also the scene where the, the shooting range mm-hmm. and they're, they're, they're just and everything, they're working everything out and they they think that Amanda Amanda was in the room with Dixie but they were in bed together and Riggs calls that disgusting. So that's kind of like yeah yeah I'm amazed you didn't pick that, actually. <laughs> I don't know. I, I had my problems, and then I was, like, working while I was watching it. So, right. I, like, I felt set in my ways, and I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, there's no need for that. I mean, the use of the F word, the use of, the use of fag, which, again, in the UK means cigarette. Yes. Um, or faggot, which, again, in the UK means a meat product. Um... If that's sort of, I wouldn't say that's fair enough, but that's the 80s for you. Mm-hmm. That word was used a lot back then. But the fact that he says that two women in bed together is disgusting, why is that in there? Because usually you would find in 80s movies that men would like that sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of surprising. Yeah. So what is your second problem? Oh my God, Murtug, t- Murtug is taking a bath. Okay, he's taking a bath. He's enjoying yeah. himself a bath. His entire fucking family comes in with a cake. He, I mean, I, at least I did notice there were bubble placements where his crotch would be. But yeah, it's still really gross. The idea of his entire family coming in and singing to him with a cake while he's in the and it, first of all, it's morning. That's yeah. not time for cake. Second of all, <laughs> he's naked Always in the bath. For cake. And they all come in, like... Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's gross. It's gross. It's very, very gross. That is something that's always bothered me in this movie. Why is that even in the script? Why is it there? Well, and they don't even eat the cake. No. We don't see them eat the cake, and he can't eat the cake while he's in the bath. The whole thing is ridiculous to me. And it, it was just really... I just thought it was really inappropriate. Yeah. You see, I would eat the cake in the bath. But I don't take baths, I take showers. And I wouldn't eat cake in the shower because that would just be weird. But, like, sitting down in the bath, you could eat a cake. That's all right. Yeah, but but, not, <laughs> but she would have to bring in, like, a plate and cut him a piece. You know what I mean? Like, it's not... 
Yeah, just and like, rawr, 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 rawr. just hand him the whole thing. Yeah. So not give any to the kids. No, they're fucking weirdos. They come into you when you're in your bath in the bath with a cake. Fuck them. They don't deserve cake. For some reason, it just it just really upset me. Yeah, it is very strange. Like I like, say. His teen daughter just sitting there chatting with him while he's soaking in the tub. Yeah. His teen daughter that's played by a 27-year-old, by the way. That checks out. Yeah, which is fair enough. I understand that. But if they're making this new movie, um, that actress, Tracy Wolf is now 61. Okay. Um, And she is only five years younger than Mel Gibson. Because <laughs> um, Mel Gibson was like 32 when he made this movie. Okay. So, you know, and he's now 66, and she's 61, I think, just now. So that just seems a bit strange to me, the casting thing. But... Yeah. it's Well, it's funny, like, uh, Danny Glover is playing 50, but he was 40. Yeah. yeah, yeah he yeah. was my age. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, look at this old man. No, we're the same age. Well, the character is 50, though. The character is older. Than I know. So, I know. But Danny Glover's always looked like that. I mean, he doesn't know, obviously, because he's in his 70s. He was one of those guys that you couldn't really tell how old he was. And then this movie says he's 50, so you're like, sure, he's 50. Yeah. He's got three kids. One of them's 27. I believe it. That is very, it's always been something that's bothered me, that bath thing. But uh, my third problem is... I love this movie, right? And I've always loved this movie. But I love the second movie more. Because the final fight in this movie is kind of boring. The fight yeah. between Riggs and, uh, and Mr. Joshua. It's weird it's sort of badly edited. And there's like Dutch angles everywhere. And I think, you know, I think he was trying to... And all the rain and all the water and everything. I think he was trying to hide the stunt doubles. Which he's very bad at doing, Richard Donner, because you can spot Mel Gibson's stunt double a lot in these movies, especially in the third movie when Mel Gibson's when Riggs is falling from a height. It's very clearly his stunt double. It's like a close up of his face. It's very weird. Um, but yeah, the final fight's just very. It's it. I sort of check out. I checked out. Yeah, once the car crashes through, into the Christmas tree, that's that's basically when I just go, eh, that's me. I'm done. So what's your uh, final problem? When uh, the psychiatrist talking to the captain, she says, his wife of 11 years just died in a car accident. It's clunky exposition, man. Like, Mm -hmm. I get if she just said his wife, you know, was killed in a car accident, that would be one thing. Yeah. But the fact that she had to throw in 11 years, like, that's, I just hate clunky exposition. No, you're right. That information could have been put elsewhere. You know, he could have said it to Martha or something. It could have been yeah. the information I mean, of the 11 years. Even if it's not necessary, really, is it? It's his wife. It doesn't matter how yeah. long they were married. Well, and that's exactly what I thought, is that, like, you could just say to Murta, like, your new partner, you know, he's kind of a loose cannon because his wife of 11 years was... Like, that would be fine. But yeah. to ha- I-, I hate it when you have one person give such specific information to another person who already knows the information. Like, there's no... I, I, uh, it, it, it's something that could be done well so easily. Just feels lazy. Do you know how I would do that? 
I would have like when you're panning and he's panning the camera through his room and he's about to commit suicide, mm-hmm. and uh, Bugs Bunny's Christmas Carol was playing on the TV. Mm-hmm. I would have like a picture frame of him and his wife, and then the picture frame says "Happy Ten Years" or something. Mm. That's how I would do it. Just subtle, just there. Just their information for the audience. No one else needs to know it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then you can just imagine that maybe a year has passed since that picture was taken. Two years has passed. Three years has passed. Doesn't matter. You know that they've been married for ten years at least. And mm. that's that's you know that's that's how I would do it anyway. Uh, oh, and a special runner-up to uh, him rubbing the picture on his face while it's in the frame. Like that was just awkward. <laughs> you mean when he was when he was just about to kill himself? Yeah, yeah, after, it, yeah, yeah. First, it it seemed silly to me, and it kind of took me out of the scene. Really, I yeah. think that was just like a sort of desperation thing. Like he was just clinging to something that wasn't his gun. You know, it was well, like that was just yeah. a, something to hold on to, and his dog was probably away out in the beach somewhere. You have to understand that uh, Mel Gibson has to try real hard to get some sympathy from me in a movie because I hate the man. No, that's so, fair enough. I like, get that. It's, it's hard for me to get too sympathetic because I just don't like the actor at all. See, I get that, but I can... I don't know. Right, that We've had this discussion before, right, about mm-hmm. separating the, the, the um, artist from the art, right? Yeah. And... I I can do it with this movie because I grew up with the movie mm-hmm. and I like the character of Riggs, so I can I can do that. But like watching a, a new Mel Gibson movie, I'm kind of like, mm. well, that's the thing is that I the first time I saw this movie, I knew what an asshole he was. Yeah, right. But, like, but you don't have you don't have like the thirty five years investment yeah. in this movie than I do. That I do. Well, so. and and not only that, I've only seen a few of his movies. I really haven't seen that many of his movies. So yeah. to me, it's I, it's hard to get lost in him as a character because he's just a shitty asshole actor to me. Yeah, you know what I mean, like, no, I I've seen, that. I've seen what women want. I've seen the Patriot. <laughs> well, Right. I like what women want. I've seen the Patriot. I've seen this, and I'm sure there's something else, but those are the only ones I can think of off the top of my head that I've seen. Mm-hmm. I just haven't seen very much Mel Gibson. So when I look at him, I can't get lost in character. I look at him and I'm like, oh, it's Mel Gibson. See, there's a couple of movies of his I would like to cover in this, cause they're movies I watched when I was younger. Um, I would like to cover Forever Young which has Jamie Lee Curtis and Elijah Wood in it. Oh, I did see that one. I did see that one. And I maybe want to cover Ransom. Oh, I did. I had my first kiss at Ransom. I forgot about that. There, see, you have seen a lot of Mel Gibson movies. Well, clearly they're forgettable to me. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Yeah. But, but I, would like to, I would like to talk about Forever Young um, at some point. So, you know, buckle up for that one. <laughs> to me that was to me that was an Elijah Wood movie. Yeah. Because I love me some Elijah Wood. Yeah, to me it was a Jamie Lee Curtis movie. So, you know. Anyway. My positive is race isn't really a big deal 
in this movie, like, the murder has been black doesn't matter in this movie. Mm-hmm. It does a lot in the next three movies because the second movie is, is all about white South Africans as the bad guys, and the okay. third movie is a subplot about the son being involved, maybe being involved in a gang, and then the fourth movie has Chinese immigrants coming over, and then Murta talks about, you know, slaves and stuff. So, you know, races in all those other movies, but this one, it doesn't matter. It's like, Briggs and Murta are just two guys that are just shoved together, and that's it. They learn to like each other for who they are, and, you know, and race doesn't even come into it. And I like that. The thing about that is, though, Murtaugh isn't supposed to be black in the original script. Uh, he, he didn't really, ha- in the original script, he didn't really have a race. It, he wasn't written as white or black, so that's probably got a lot to do why race isn't mentioned. But I'm, I'm glad they didn't shoehorn it in, at least. Yeah. Um, or maybe like one of the um, bad guys call him something. Uh, like the, uh, the like the South Africans do in the second movie, a lot. But yeah, that's my positive. Race isn't a big deal in this movie from nineteen eighty seven, starring a racist man. So, what is your positive? I mean, Mel Gibson and Danny Glover are very good together. They are they are fun yeah. to watch. I think they're really good together. Um, Got a lot of good chemistry together. And it's not like I don't. Like, I can't enjoy watching Mel Gibson in a movie. I Mm -hmm. just, it's like, because of what I know about him, I'm just never as invested. Like, there's like a block in my brain where I can't get as invested. But I do recognize Mm -hmm. that he, I mean, he is good at what he does. He's a talented man. I mean, he is. I mean, he's he's charming in this movie enough. Um, He's more charming than other movies. But here, I mean, I think. Despite the fact that he slams the the picture against his face and rubs the picture against his face, I think that scene is bloody well acted. No, I think it's, that it's, it's really good. Yeah, I think it's like holy shit, this man is ready to kill himself in front of Bugs Bunny. You know, it's like um, it's it's yeah, that scene's always stuck with me. Um, as someone who you know has mental health problems, I haven't lost a loved one. Mm-hmm. Um, to a car accident, uh, but yeah, that that sort of, it's always stuck with me that scene. But yeah, no, he's really good. He is good, but he, in real life, um, he's a douchebag. Yeah, but you see, the thing is, I usually think maybe he wasn't as bad as that back in nineteen eighty seven. I mean, there, I have a. There's a couple of theories for people like that. One is that it was. I think there's a lot of people, and we've especially seen this in the age of like Donald Trump, where there are people who always felt these things, but then at a certain yeah. point feel comfortable saying them. Mm-hmm. But there could also be um, a lot of people when they get more powerful, they they get wealthier, they just start being in their own world and start saying stupid shit like th- and having stupid beliefs like think about um Kanye West mm. um after Hurricane Katrina he's on TV saying Bush hates black people or doesn't care about black people yeah like that was a big thing and then just a couple of years ago he's talking about how like the slaves could have gotten out like they could have stopped it if they wanted 
Like, yeah. this this is a man who, as he's gotten uh, more and more power, which he sings about power, more and more power, <laughs> like, his views have gotten really messed up. Yeah, but Kanye West is also kind of fucked in the head, though. I mean... But Mel Gibson might be, too. He might be. There's some serious mental health problems happening with Kanye West, and the man needs yeah. fucking help, and someone yeah. needs to get him help. Yeah, there could be. Mel Gibson could be. I mean, he's in his 60s. You know, it could be. But then again, the whole conversation between him and his girlfriend where he was doing the racist diatribe thing mm. and um, and I think he was threatening her. He said something about wanting her to get raped by raped a lot of by, black men, but yeah. the words, word, wording was different. Yeah, absolutely. That was said in private. So, you know, that's kind of like, well, maybe he is just like that. Yeah. But, I mean, plenty of people are like that, and then they go out and they seem not, they act nice, and and not even with racism and stuff. Like, look at Tom Cruise, right? Like, um, by all accounts, or most accounts from people who've worked with him, he's apparently like the nicest guy, mm-hmm. and they love working with him, and he's a fucking delight. But he's a Scientologist, like he's into some like shady shit, just being a Scientologist, right? And, yeah. Like, the jumping on the couch thing, you know, I understand the people who defend it, but it's just like, that was weird. It was manic is what it was. It was manic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's clearly something else going on with Tom Cruise. Like, he's not just a perfectly nice guy. You know, there's got to be something else there. But, like, that's what's presented. Well, these days there are more stories about him being a little worse on sets. But you hear stories about people who are just great. And then it turns out there's some other side where maybe they're not. Yeah. Or even yeah. looking at Trump. I mean, Trump's always been openly racist. But um, if you look, if you watch him talk like 30 or 40 years ago and watch him now, like he was much more liberal. He seemed a lot more human. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just people getting older. I don't know. <laughs> maybe yeah. Gibson got worse because he got older. I don't. I, I don't know. Yeah. Or maybe it's just now we have technology where it's easier to find out. So, I have notes. Okay. Um, I don't know if you noticed, because you were doing other things when the movie was playing in the background, which is fair enough. But when... Sometimes Rags- I don't have time. No, no, I know. I understand that. <laughs> uh, but what I'm, what I'm going to say to you is a visual thing, so you may have missed mm-hmm. it. Um, when Riggs and the suicidal guy are going to jump off the building... When they jump, the um, the handcuffs that they're wearing snaps. Mm-hmm. It breaks, so oh, it they does. hold. So they hold hands. So <laughs> they jump. It snaps. They hold hands, but then um, it cuts to two stunt men falling down. But when they do the initial jump, they actually hold hands because of the. I thought that was quite cute actually. Um, I was watching that scene carefully and I didn't even notice that. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a director's cut of this movie. And um, I told you not to watch the director's cut of this movie. I told you to watch the theatrical cut. And the director's cut is solid. It has some good stuff put back in. But the problem with the director's cut is the, the stuff that gets put back in slows the movie down a lot. Mm. Um, That's the thing about director's cuts, man. Yeah. Exactly. There's another scene where Riggs, before he tries to commit suicide, there's a sniper at a school and Riggs goes and stops the sniper at school. 
And what he does is it shows that he's, again, it shows that he's suicidal. He just, like, walks up to this guy who's shooting at him and doesn't care and then takes him out and saves a bunch of kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a great scene, but we don't need it after the Christmas tree scene. Yeah. Another scene is, and I really like this scene as well, um, that Riggs picks up a young prostitute. She's She must be 19 or something, I think she says, 18, I think she says. Um, and he pays her to just go home and sit and watch TV with him. Because mm-hmm. he's lonely. He just wants someone to just sit and watch TV with. Uh, and he takes the youngest girl that he f- could find on the streets because she's young and wants her off the street. And I just think that's really nice. Yeah. That's a really good scene. And I think that might have been better put back in. Like, cut out the scene where Murtaugh is looking through stuff and you can see the porn movie on the screen. You don't need that mm-hmm. scene. That's not necessary for the plot. I like Shane Black movies. I like Shane Black. I like um, Long Kiss Goodnight, Regina Davis, and uh, Last Boy Scout with uh, Bruce Willis. Uh, those are two sort of lesser-known Shane Black movies, but I like those two. I like Iron Man 3. Yeah, Iron Man 3 great. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am an Iron Man 3 defender. I like Iron Man 3. Yeah, I mean, apart from the ending, where he gets the, the thing take, that thing taken out, and it's just like, yeah, it's as easy as that. You know, sometimes they're just taking it out. The end. Mm-hmm. Ah. Um, That's kind of like, eh. But yeah, I think that's a great movie. Um, oh, you should have seen me the other night. I was in the bar, and um, Endgame was playing. Mm. And I'm playing darts. And so in between turns, like when I'm waiting for my turn, I'm just standing there watching the TV. And like every once in a while, I get really teary. Like I get really, <laughs> like, basically anytime Peter Parker says anything, I'm like about to cry. And it was and I'm like, I'm just standing there being like a one person audience because I was in a different part of the bar from like anybody who was paying attention. And mm. I'm just like yelling and shit. I was so into it. <laughs> and I wish I had the time to rewatch everything again. Yeah, yeah, I did that. Was it last year? I did it last year with my mum. We did do it in twenty twenty. Yeah, my mum watched it all for the first time. Uh, because we were in lockdown. Um, uh, it was last year. It was early twenty twenty one. We watched it. Do you watch the Hulk? We we didn't. But we have since, because of characters that are appearing in other things now, I thought, oh, mm. I better do that, because some of my mum knows who fucking the Abomination is and all that, because the Abomination's in Shang-Chi, um, yeah. and Tim Roth is going to be in She-Hulk. So, kind of have to, I guess. That makes me feel like I need to watch it again. I have, we watched it when the Avengers came out the weekend before the the very first Avengers came out. We watched everything in order, and we watched them in chronological order. So like, mm. Captain America comes first. So oh, we watched them in order, <laughs> and that's the only time we ever watched Hulk. Right. I've only seen it the one time. wasn't into it. It was like maybe if it was Mark Ruffalo, I would still watch it. Like I'll still watch Thor: Dark World, even though for me that's like probably the worst one besides Hulk. Um, mm. But it was Edward Norton, and it just... I, I don't feel like I need to. 
I was just curious if you do, because a lot of people do and a lot of people don't. It's No, we, we didn't, but then we we watched the, we didn't watch it during the, the rewatch. Well, my rewatch, my mom's okay. first watch. But because um, I just didn't think it was important because it wasn't Mark Ruffalo and she likes mm. Mark Ruffalo. Um, and I didn't want to really sort of confuse matters and put her yeah. in a, watch a movie that. Um, but yeah, I I I'll never watch that movie again. So there we go. But then again, I don't think there's a lot of MCU movies I would actually watch again. Um, I would watch Iron Man three again. Because it's a fun time, and I would probably watch a couple of other ones again. But I would. I mean, I I get the feeling if I watch a bunch of them again, it's going to be in order. Like I have my favorites, mm-hmm. and so I'll watch. Like I'm more likely to watch Ragnarok than any other Thor movie. Like I'm never sitting around yeah. being like I want to watch. I want to watch the first Thor movie, even though it's good. Um, so but, many Dutch angles in that movie. Like if I'm thinking about any character. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have one preferred movie, and that's probably what I'll go to. Yeah. But and I love it when they're all together. So like Civil War would be my Captain America movie, even though I think all the Captain America movies are great. But um, I I'm I get the feeling that throughout my life I will have many times where I watch all the movies in a row, and sometimes it may take a month, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll yeah. do it. I would watch any Spider-Man movie, any of any of those three, anytime. Like I I can't see picking one over the other every single time. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think that Tom Holland man. He's so cute. He's so charming. <laughs> he's so adorable, and he he seems like a nice a nice kid. Yeah. Remember when the rights? Remember when the rights went back to Sony and they were going to make the third movie without Disney, and everyone got pissed. He went and he fixed it. Yeah. That ki- that kid <laughs> went and fixed it for us. I don't know exactly what he did, but it was they credited him. Yeah. With getting him back in the MCU. And I love that. Yeah. I love it. I love him way better than Mel Gibson. (laughs) Yeah, I see that. I see that. Yeah. They better never put Mel Gibson in the MCU, I'll tell you that much. I don't think they will. I don't (laughs) think they will. They've already got enough of a problem with Chris Pratt. Yeah, exactly. Um, And Evangeline Lilly now. Oh, yeah. And uh, Shiri. Yeah, uh, Letitia Wright. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's wrong. Right. I was going to say something, but it went out of my head and I can't remember. <laughs> Were you done with your notes? Yes, my notes are all done. Okay. So, the next movie, uh, we put the, we put it back for this because I wanted to do this for the anniversary. Because we don't usually do that sort of thing. So yeah. I just think every now and then it's just good to just like, you know, an anniversary's coming up, why not cover it? Mm-hmm. You know, um, so what is the next movie, Jen? American Pie. American Pie. Jen wants to watch American Pie, so we're doing American Pie. I love American Pie. <laughs> sometimes I just want an excuse to watch a movie I love. Because part of the problem with doing this podcast is sometimes I'll be like, "Well, I I want to watch this movie." I'm like, "But I might want to do it on the podcast at some point, and I want it to. I don't want to have right. watched it recently. I get you. So gotta throw gotta throw American Pie in. Right. Okie dokie. So, American and I also Pie... it's it's been a while, so I don't know if the, there's obviously one problematic thing, but I'm curious mm. if there's anything else. Yeah, that's all we have time for. Um, if you want to follow the podcast, it's at Drops Pod on Twitter. 
shiftthebest.co.uk is the website. Contact at shiftthebest.co.uk is the email address. Where can people find you online, Jen? I am at Pilot Inspectors on Twitter, and uh, eventually I'll get around to posting uh, my new episodes of Closer to Free, which is my Party <laughs> of Five rewatch podcast. Excellent. So thank you for listening. We'll speak till next time. Goodbye. Bye.